Ladies and gentlemen, the world television champion, the American dream, Dusty Rhodes. Dusty, welcome. Well, David, you know my youngest, Jill Margaret, is two and a half years old. And I tell her a story about the cold-blooded sausage maker that's walking through the woods. And these little pigs run around. And he grabs the little pigs and he making cold-blooded sausage out of them. But always in that story, when she's scared and her eyes are big as silver dollars, the American dream comes and saves the little piggies. But in this case, I am the cold-blooded sausage maker. And you the little piggies. And you running around with one big pig. That's right, because that's risky business. I am risky business. I am the cold-blooded sausage maker. Hi, this is the NFL on Fox. I'm your host, Brandon Beck, and this is also, I think you'd be into it, the podcast about your faves. I'm joined today by my other wow. co-host. I mean, I'm just, I'm really processing, like, that. that's the only sports thing, you know. Like, really, we're doing two sports episodes in a row, and you're just really hanging in there. Well, okay, I do, I know, I know Brass Bonanza. <laughs> oh, my I can't believe you didn't bring up Brass Bonanza when we were talking about hockey. You're too late now. It's never too anyway, late. It's never too late for Brass Bonanza. Brandon, please stop. Please let me introduce our guest. God. God. <laughs> <laughs> we're here today with our guest, Andrea Listenberger. Hey. Hey. I didn't come with a theme song to hum. I'm sorry. God. Please, I've got, I've got one for you. But it on, but it on, but it on, da da dum. I don't know what it on, da da dum, bum, 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 we're 10 days out from when uh, the stay-at-home order is, in theory, being lifted, but we'll see. No and we're, we're not going to have a task force anymore. Did you guys hear that? Oh, I didn't hear that one. No. But that oh, just- yeah. I'm not, I'm not surprised, but apparently we've solved it, so there's no need. Oh, cool. oh yeah, we've solved it. Oh, I, no, I did hear about this, that we're resolving the task force, and we're okay with just two to 3,000 people dying per day. Yeah. Yay. Yeah, that that's the, that's what they're expecting. They're expecting two to three thousand people to die per day, but that's fine. God, it's turned into that scene at the end of Doctor Strangelove where George C. Scott is talking about how many like mega deaths are gonna be okay. Like, I oh, will lose uh, 10, 10, 20 million people, but it'll be fine. That was my Ugh. George C. Scott, apparently. Mm. I don't know. I've been I I've been ignoring a lot of the national stuff and just paying attention to the California stuff. <laughs> It's true. You know, I actually watched a recorded episode of television I had on my TV from like November last night and seeing all the ads that were not telling me that we're all in this together was so refreshing. Right. See, we don't have TV service, so I actually haven't really seen any of these ads that people are talking about. Oh, it's it's terrible. I mean, I like watch TV that has commercials. It's it's all of these all of these companies that are basically like we're here for you and uh, therefore we feel they need to tell you via this advertisement please buy our product oh, uh, I'm I'm yeah. sure there's a lot of good people behind it but uh, so it's the, I, it's it the was, Corona equivalent of those like Sarah McLaughlin commercials. In the arms of the kind uh, I mean kind of you're not you're not completely wrong. Yeah, I don't know. Most of the ads I I always interact with were um on the radio but because i'm not driving i'm not listening to the radio either well you're not making so, it okay. yeah i guess i don't know i don't know i was reading i was reading the california stuff and like the california stuff is there 
saying that like some retail businesses are going to be able to start opening this Friday, but that's only because like California is so massive and weird. Cause like they're letting, they're saying that like local rules are going to supersede state rules, but it's basically just because like we have rural counties where there are towns of like 3000 people that haven't had a case in like three weeks and they shouldn't be subject to the same rules as Los Angeles. Yeah. So like, it's just wild. California is already wild, and it's going to just get wilder. Who no. knows how long we're going to be like this in L.A. But What an experiment. I mean, it's like they say, <laughs> California knows how to party. I mean, we know how to do... I mean, we do know how to do drugs. Yes, that's true. Yeah, the song's not wrong. <laughs> anyway. Especially in the city of Midlake. The city of what? It, it's, a, it's a line from uh, the, the hip-hop song that I was referencing. Don't worry about it. Don't worry okay. about it. Just inter- just inter- just introduce the next segment. <laughs> oh, I was okay. Then what are you into this week? Oh, what am I into this week? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I'll tell you. Uh, the thing oh, I'm boy. into this week is uh, old YouTube clips of Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin and a third person who seems to uh, be different in every one of them singing the oldest established permanent floating craps game in New York from Guys and Dolls. On old talk shows, um, I've started. This is not. This a is joke, not, guys. He's yeah, no. This watched many of them. This isn't a this bit. This is incredible, actually. They're, <laughs> they're they're all they're great performances, but yeah. they're so the 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 tempo at which they do it is wildly varied, and it just changes the mood of the song. Oh yeah, the the best. <laughs> and it's just the one song. Yeah. It's just the one. The best That's the one, only one he's looking at, yeah. The best one is there's a black and white one where it's uh, Sinatra, uh, Dean Martin, and Bing Crosby. And whenever when that, when that song happens in Guys and Dolls, there's always a bunch of shit happening. Like, they're introducing Nathan, and people are running around, and there's, like, so much visual stuff yeah, happening. Yeah, it's, like, a really big ensemble number. It normally, it takes place in a barber shop. And, like, all the dudes are talking to Nathan. Like, the ensemble is talking to Nathan. It's not the three dudes. And so on these performances, you're left with these amazing moments where they get to the the chorus, which is just the word Nathan over and over again for about 45 (laughs) minutes, where you've got Dean Martin suddenly realizing, oh, God, I have to sing the word eight more times and literally nothing else is happening. So he just has this moment of being like, Nathan, 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 Nathan. Um, Only it, four Nathans. Oh, that's it amazing. Rules. It's it's very good. There's <laughs> there's one where it's just him and Sinatra, and they are practically grinding each other at one point. It's real weird. Also, shout out to the Willie, Willie Nelson and Frank Sinatra uh, space public service announcement uh, from the 90s that I found the other day, too. All right. So we'll see how many of those show up in the show notes. (laughs) The oldest established permanent floating show notes for this show. I mean, I'm I'm expensive. That's amazing. You haven't even mentioned your favorite line that you mentioned to me every time. Oh yeah! If we only had a lousy little grand, we could be a millionaire. That's a good line. I I I like that line a lot because it doesn't. Okay, you, there's a way to read it where it makes sense, but it generally doesn't make sense. And I I, I enjoy yeah, I, I enjoy that. Yeah, line. last time I was like, no. Do you know how gambling works? It makes sense. If we only <laughs> had a lousy little grand, we could be a millionaire. But also, El Millionaire is very funny. Um, I'm also going to be doing guys. a one man guys and dolls over Zoom. Uh. Oh God! Soon, so st- stay tuned true. for stay tuned for that. No, first off, this ah, is coming no, out like yeah, no cat. <laughs> I tried. The cat was walking across in front of my desk, and I I picked her up, but she also grabbed the computer cable. So suddenly, my laptop was also <laughs> airborne. Oh, she just wanted to be a part of it. She she did. Um, God, I kind of hope you don't cut that out. Oh oh God, no, I'm not going to. <laughs> this is the most okay. compelling audio I've recorded in months. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, well, Beth, what um, about you? What am I into? I had something and then I, I kind of got distracted by the cat thing happening. You know what? It has been long. No, it hasn't been long enough. I can't just say DuckTales again. No. But we did watch DuckTales. You can always be into DuckTales. 
Well, you can always be into DuckTales. You're a long-term listener of this show. You know that whatever I can't think of anything I just say, can I just say DuckTales again? Because <laughs> it's so good. Uh, uh, no, I already did that. I said I was rewatching Psych. Fuck. Guys. Beakley, 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 Mrs. Beakley. Yeah, she's very good, but she was not in the most recent episode. Actually, you know what? I watched I watched all of Upload, that new Amazon show. And uh, I got to tell you all, the trailer is disingenuous to what the show is about. So maybe give it a try. The trailer makes it seem like it's going to be really sitcom-y, and it's not. Uh, and uh, the world building of this, like, I'm not sure if it's supposed to be, like, it takes place in 2033, but, like, there are a lot of advances in technology and like culture and society that make me feel like this isn't meant to be positive like our 2033 i i think it's maybe supposed to be like alternate because it just seems like leaps and bounds for 13 years and i know people are like well the iphone didn't exist 13 years ago it's like okay sure yeah the iphone didn't exist 13 years ago but other than os changes we haven't fundamentally changed what an iphone is in 13 years it's still a phone <laughs> we're not now like Phones are not, like, project... I don't know. Like, the base... Whatever. Anyway, I really enjoyed it. Um, the world building in it was, like, a thousand percent my shit. The acting was all very good. Um, and I, I think that the trailer kind of does it a disservice because it's trying to play on that, like, Good Place Association. And it makes it come across, like, really kind of sitcom and, like, makes it seem like it's really all about this afterlife thing but actually the majority of the cast exists in the real world only like three key like cast members actually one key cast member and like two b cast members exist in the afterlife i don't know i really enjoyed it it's they're all like 22 minute episodes it's like 10 episodes i watched it in a night while i was like fucking around but i enjoyed it that's what i'm into this week there you go it's the oldest established permanent floating afterlife on TV. Thank God no one listens to this show or you would get so sued for all the songs you've sang this. <laughs> you know what? Fuck, Kaufman and Hart can come after me. Is that who wrote Guys and Dolls? I don't know, but I think it was. It would more be the Fox, uh, the NFL on Fox. I dare them to take your money. I dare them. I dare them too. And have- they will. And they will. I dare them to find my money. I don't have any. You know, if they couldn't stop, if they couldn't stop the XFL, they can't stop me. Okay. They stopped the XFL. I they know, did twice. stop the XFL. So, <laughs> I don't know what else to tell you. Andrea, do you have anything you're into this week? What am I into? I don't, you know what I've still been writing the high off of, um, speaking of TV shows that we've watched, uh, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist had their finale oh. this last week. And I every other one, but I forgot about it until I was already halfway through talking about upload. I made Brandon watch the finale. I made him watch the closing of the episode because it was so oh, well done. Oh, so, so good. I've been all about that show since it premiered or dropped online. They made a very big deal about the fact that it was the first digital launch uh, before it actually aired on TV. And, you know, anything that is, uh, musical on television I will watch regardless but uh, this one really really surprised me I, I felt like it was you know even before uh, the demic set in uh, it would be you know my one thing I'd really look forward to every week for just joy and fun that and uh, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist and Batwoman is my Sunday night lineup of joy and excitement and uh, nice. I was, you know for anyone who hasn't watched it like Check, yeah. check it out. Um, yeah, Brandon didn't watch any of it, um, but I made him watch the final scene of the finale. Uh, it's this, I mean, for it's not really a spoiler for people, but like, because it's, it's an ensemble piece um, set to American Pie, which is like one of my favorite songs of all time. And it, mm-hmm. I'm unclear if it is actually one shot or if there's some computer assists, but it's like, it's fucking really well done. <laughs> it's yeah, yeah, a really yeah. good, it's like a really good like piece of like film um and the show itself is also like really joyful and fun and stuff but like yeah i made it i was halfway through that and i was like you need to come well i was like you need to watch this it's so well done it's sort of a jukebox musical correct uh yes Uh, yes and no okay just watch the show like let me tell you though just watch it when they did american pie 
it was one of those ones where I was watching and I was like, well, I'm one of those weird people that actually knows the words to all nine minutes of American Pie. So I was just waiting and unshockingly, the one verse they skipped is the one that just is complete nonsense. (laughs) (laughs) After we finished it, I was like, oh, you know what verse they skipped? He was like, what? And then I said all the words to him and he was like, yeah, that makes sense. They skipped that one. Helter Skelter in a summer swelter. The birds flew off with the fallout shelter. Yeah. Yeah, that's not support, the one they, they didn't do that I support one. their choice they left out the biggie and tupac verse too anyway we are here this week not to talk about american pie though i could actually talk about that album for quite some time but we are here to talk about wrestling yeah. oh my god no please wrong theme wrong theme wrong you can pick just about any other song and somebody has probably used it as a wrestling walk-in intro and instead you're just going back to the fucks on NFL. Christopher, 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 Christopher. Don't worry, we will talk about that eventually. Anyway, <laughs> uh, you had a kind of interesting entry and, and kind of recent entry into wrestling, Andrea, right? Yeah, so I'm a, I'm a noob in, in terms of wrestling fandom. Um I did not watch, partake, or, or enjoy it uh, when I was a kid. I was actually told that I, I couldn't watch it. You know, like, it, at that point, like, 80s, 90s, mm-hmm. it was yeah. not historically the best to women. There was this culture of violence and blah, blah, blah. Uh, my parents, you know, saw everything that everyone was saying that was bad about wrestling, and they were like, not for you, not for you, daughter. Um, so I didn't get to experience any of the positives of it. However, uh, my entry into it was uh, last July. I was kind of poking around the internet and I saw that the WWE was hiring for writers on LinkedIn of all places. So I kind of like was like, all right, uh, that's weird. Let me just click a few buttons and apply. Uh, shockingly, they hired me for the job, long story short, and I uh, I wrote for the SmackDown side uh, from December until what people are calling uh, Black Wednesday in the wrestling world, <laughs> where a lot of us got a uh, a lot of us got Ronaed out, yeah, uh, due to cutbacks. So I I kind of came into it then tasked with writing for it and uh, <laughs> you got a very intense course in learning about wrestling yeah i got a crash course uh kind of you know literally in that in that sense so that's that's my entry point so what can you tell us now that maybe you wouldn't have been able to tell us a year ago about why people watch wrestling because <laughs> i too have never really watched wrestling it wasn't a thing that it was a boy thing. Boys were allowed to watch wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely remember uh, my older brother was really into it. Uh, he was really into it when I was little. Uh, they used to like throw down mattresses on his best friend's like um, back, like screened in porch. There are definitely still somewhere in the world VHS tapes of them wrestling each other. And I swear to God, I'm going to find them and I'm going to play them at his wedding. <laughs> <laughs> I've been no, threatening it. Well, actually, well, now I don't know about that, but I, but his, his kid is now like eight, eight or nine. And I'm like, I'm going to show these to your son one day. I'm going to show him what a fucking idiot you were. (laughs) But yeah, so it's one of those things that like, I, I know so many people are so into it and I never got it because I think I didn't have that entry point when it was really big in the nineties. Yeah. I think, I think my, uh, professional opinion which to be clear again only comes after five months of of being involved in the content so i say that very very tongue-in-cheek is that um at least in my experience what people who are not into wrestling think they know about wrestling is um most often true but like a very very small percentage of what it's actually about um i think that what what i remember knowing when i was growing up was it was this very macho very um male-oriented, aggressive thing that was basically like uh, a real-life fighting game, end of story. Um, And what Mm -hmm. I kind of grew to learn and actually really like about it is, you know, the number of storylines that you can tell, varied storylines within the format, the athleticism of the wrestlers, the creativity um, in not just, I mean, my experience obviously was WWE, but 
um, among like all the different brands, different promotions, different indie wrestling um, promotions is mm-hmm. so, so interesting. Um, you know, I, I worked on storylines that, you know, were kind of traditional, but then I also worked on some storylines that were a little different and, you know, allowed you to basically do anything that, you know, you do on any sort of other form of media. I mean, my mom tuned in week after week. And again, she was the one who was like, don't watch this was growing up. And she'd be like, my God, this is like a, like a soap opera. This is like entertainment. And I kind of continually was like, yeah, that's, that's kind of, that's kind of the point. That's kind of the point there. Um, I also kind of, no, I was gonna say, I also kind of have this, I don't know if this is an unpopular opinion, but um, I, I think it's hard to get into initially. I don't Mm -hmm. think it's, I, and I, and I don't mean that in a, I think it's a difficult, difficult premise to be like, hey, I'm going to watch this two hour, this three hour show to mm-hmm. suddenly be introduced to like dozens of characters mid storyline where you have no idea yeah. what people are doing or what it's about. Because Yeah, yeah. I was I was going to say similarly. Um, oh, I know we talked about this a little bit before we we were on the call, but um, one of the publishers I used to work for. Um, uh, when I used to work at Paper Cuts Graphic Novels, our, our team imprint, Super Genius, we had the license and we did the WWE comics. And I had to mm-hmm. learn a lot about all of this like lore. And it, it's one of those, it's interesting because it does lend itself really well to comics in the way that it kind of has a similar, it feels like it has a similar entry barrier to people in a way where people are like, well, I can't get into superhero comics because there's all this history and there's all these characters and I don't know what any of them are. And in a way, that kind of exists in the wrestling world, too, because I was just like, when I first started it, I was like, oh, whatever, they're just wrestlers. And then we were working on these and I was like, oh, no, wait, like in the lore of this, like these guys are an alliance and these guys are the bad guys and these Mm -hmm. guys have this history. And 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 this woman was with that guy. And like, it turns out there's like all of this, like elaborate universe that exists and the world building is actually like really well done. There's just, you know. There's a lot yeah, of it. Well, and <laughs> like, in I a way, always... it's it's kind of a real life play out in like a contained ring space of like the superhero shit that we're super into. Like at the end of the day, you still you know you have heroes, you have villains, you have knockdown drag out fights. Like it's yeah. kind of real life superhero shit. Well, and that, that I actually use that as a comparison a lot when I'm trying to kind of you know, explained, I, I had to explain this to a lot of friends, but I started writing, uh, cause mm-hmm. I have, you know, some friends who watch wrestling and some friends who, who don't. And, um, I actually compare it a lot to the Avengers in terms of getting into it. I mean, there's so many characters and as we all know, like when Marvel rolled out the Avengers, they didn't say, Hey, here's an Avengers movie. Enjoy all these characters you've never met before. You know, they started with, yeah. with Iron Man that they rolled out Hulk, they, you know, Captain America that mm-hmm. you got to meet these characters one-on-one uh, before finally when they came together in the Avengers, they're like, oh, together they all mean something and I kind of have a sense of what they all mean and now let's play in this world we've created. Whereas like, you know, for someone who's never watched it before, just tune into a three-hour episode of Raw on a Monday night. Uh, they're just like, mm-hmm. here's all these people, figure it out. Yeah. And, and not to yeah, say, that, I- you know, people work very hard to give contextual clues and, but it's it's hard, it's difficult. It is a little it is a little hard to get into if that's, if that's your entry point. Point, which I think yeah. uh, for a lot of people they need someone to pull them in they need like a storyline that breaks through where people are like just check this one out and then it'll lead them to a full episode or they or they need a friend that's willing to like be there with them and be like this person and that person and like I, I think it's one of those things that it's it's one of those things that is kind of like the reason we have this show where people feel like, oh, well, I don't want to bother you by like sharing too much information about it. Like, I don't know, be excited, share with your friends who your favorite wrestler is and like what their storyline is and maybe they'll be into it. Cause I think it does have more of a parallel to the kind of mainstream media that we all watch, but it's got this like weird stigma on it just because of so many years of people not understanding it and just feeling mm-hmm. like, oh my God, well, this this hyper violence is like so bad, but like these dudes are, and the women too are just, they're phenomenal athletes. They're super talented. They are probably the best stunt people in the entire world. Like, Oh, a hundred percent. And I will say this, like for anyone who's ever wanted to get into enjoying watching wrestling, like 
if you have the chance, go to a live show because yeah. what, what these people do is so impressive and you can see it on TV. Like, obviously, like you literally see it on TV, but seeing it done, done live, like in front of you, uh, I mean, the, the reason I even applied to, to write for the WWE in the first place was I had seen one live, uh, wrestling promotion when I was in Mexico city a couple of years ago. And, mm-hmm. and the energy of the crowd, seeing these performers, the athleticism live up close, like there's, there's nothing like it. Like there's, when you go to a show, regardless of what your background is, you can't deny that there's something there. Um, oh, yeah. even without di- diving into the storylines. And then when you start diving into the storylines, like everything just means like a little bit more. Oh yeah. And, and you were talking earlier about like the indie stuff too. I know there are definitely like some great indie, like underground indie, even here in LA, there's like a great indie wrestling scene. We actually have a buddy who's like a ref, an official ref for a bunch of wrestling stuff. When I actually, um, when I used to work with WWE, uh, I worked with them at a, we were courting them at another publisher. And so I ended up going to, uh, dinner with, um, a couple, like, uh, one of the, one of the divas and like this other guy, I actually think I still have her phone number in my phone. Um, <laughs> and, and we, we ended up, we went to like the Ruth's Chris, we got like this great meal or whatever. And they were like super cool. And they were like, here's all the LA, like, oh my God, you're in LA. Like, here's this cool underground LA, like wrestling thing you have to go to like we go to it all the time like they they're genuinely like interested in supporting the community and like really showing like what this art form can be like Mm -hmm. they were like no one was more like a lot of times you know you you hear we're all friends with actors that are just like oh i don't want to go see shows i don't want to go see other people's things like i don't want to do this but like they were so genuinely like want to get me into it it was really cool (laughs) yeah 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 no it's it's a it's it's very strange because I feel like uh, for as much as I felt like there's a barrier to entry as, as a fan growing up or when I was first starting to get into it, within the community, like everyone is so welcoming. And, and I, to be honest, like whenever you enter a new community, you don't necessarily expect that. So I was very pleasantly mm-hmm. surprised. Like uh, everyone wants to help help people. And for as much, um, sometimes you see that aggression represented on screen. Like, I mean, it's that you generally does not exist in yeah. in reality. It's I mean, obviously the whole thing is, uh, it's, yeah, it's just part of it. Yeah. They're, they're, I mean, they're, they're acting just as much as anybody. I mean, I can tell you every pro and semi-pro wrestler I've ever met in the course of my work has been like the nicest person and like wanted nothing more than for me to like come to a match and like get into it. it it's really cool. Um, I actually did have a, have a, a, a point to make and it's, gonna bring it back to fish but hear me out um (laughs) our our friend that uh that we were just talking about uh who's uh wrestling ref i ran into him at at that bookstore next to ucb a few years ago and i i straight up asked him i was like look i there are so many people that i respect and whose tastes i trust that love wrestling but i just i don't I, I don't understand what the appeal is. And I, w- I wasn't saying that in a, a negative way. It was just like, I don't help me understand this. And the way he described it to me was a lot of what you guys were saying, um, but specifically kind of focusing on the idea of the pop. Like mm. that, mm. like the, the moment you're waiting for in any wrestling match is the moment where like something crazy happens or some big move happens. And the whole place just kind of like pops with excitement and it occurred to me, like, oh, that's the exact same thing that fish people are waiting for in a completely different uh, scenario. And it suddenly just all clicked for me. I was like, oh, okay, I get it now. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I can't say I know anything about fish, but that sounds right. That sounds right. And you know, there are there are there are ongoing storylines, and people follow them. It's a whole. It's a whole. That's 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 all I have to contribute for this episode. That and uh, oh. that I love that I love Dusty Rhodes uh, promo videos from the eighties. That's about it. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, classic. There's some classic wrestling promos that are just wild. Dusty Rhodes, American Dream. But I mean the eighties. Yeah, the 80s it's really it's, it's it's cool that those are still out there because I will say like another really cool thing about getting into it because I I think like just on its own like i said it's hard to watch like hours of television every week but um 
you know, for people who are really into it, like the, the online community around it, as I'm sure you guys are aware, is just insane. Oh, I'm sure. Um, in terms of you know the Reddit channels, like the websites that report on it and critique every single episode of wrestling on multiple mm-hmm. multiple um, promotions, it's is kind of shocking to me. I mean, I still feel like I'm shocked by it. It's so new to me um, mm-hmm. how into it people are, and I think you know in, to what you were saying, Brandon, and like waiting for that pop, like. There's like a community aspect to like talking about like, oh, where's this storyline going to go? Where's that storyline going to go? Wouldn't it be cool? And then there'll be like, you know, dream pairings, dream matchups and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I think it's a cool aspect of it as well. Oh, totally. Yeah. It's also it's weird for me with wrestling that I think culturally we tend to associate wrestling as even though it's it's this multi billion dollar industry. Uh, that has millions and millions of fans across, you know, the socioeconomic spectrum, we tend to associate it, we kind of treat it the same way as a society that a lot of people treat NASCAR and treat it as, like, low art and, like, only, only, like, stupid poor people like it. And, like, that's not true, and that's a wildly, like, stereotypical and, like, shitty thing to think about it. But, like it does have this mass appeal like it, it it's a it's a sport that has this huge mass appeal it's just it's a sport blended with you know narrative storytelling which none of our other sports have none of our yeah. other sports are also a story but you know what like i and i can't believe i'm about to argue this but this has been argued to me like this uh, for a lot of people what they do like in other sports is the storytelling they like the story of you know the team that's been been behind and finally, you know, gets their own and, and you know, like mm-hmm. think about that uh, Patriots Falcons game when when the Falcons were going to win and then the Patriots came that Super Bowl. Like how <laughs> how oh, mad? Like that lives in my heart all the time. Oh, I understand, I'm but like how I'm sorry how <laughs> how mad were a lot of people about that though? I mean, I'm sure best like you're you're not in the. In the it was, um, but, for the record, it was the Seahawks, not the Falcons. Wasn't there also a Falcons game? Super Bowl? Probably. No, no. No, the one you're thinking about is is the Seattle Seahawks. And there's that famous picture of him looking because they thought they were done and they were celebrating and then they got that final touchdown. They thought they won the game. It was a few years ago. Trust me. It was the Seahawks. I think we could all agree that those games would have been more exciting if they were also Hell in a Cell cage matches. (laughs) All I'm saying is, like, people are obviously watching... Yeah, they're not watching just for like, oh, I like to see someone kick the ball. They're watching to yeah. like get behind, get behind a sports player, whether it's you know football yeah. or basketball or or baseball. Like they like the stories. They like why mm-hmm. like why else would people watch the the draft? Like I, that's a question I ask. But yeah. as a logical person, the reasons I understand why they watch it is not just to be like. I mean, some people are very into stats, but. For most people, it's about, you know, learning the stories of the people who are going to be on their favorite teams and, and understanding yeah. the things go, going around. It's just, yeah. I feel like wrestling is the weird world that can, that Just because the story is slightly manufactured. People think it, that it's not, in, it's not ingenuous, but it is. It elevates it, it elevates it more and, you know, you're able to do wilder stuff as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, Brandon, just because we mentioned it earlier. Do you want to talk about Christopher, 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 Christopher? Ah, yes. We should talk about the pebble, God's burden. Um, so there's... another thing that exists in wrestling as a, as a something of, uh, of wrestling is, I, I don't know if you have any experience with, uh, if you've watched anybody play these, Andrea. Have you ever watched anybody play the wrestling games? Like the WWE 2K, whatever, all of those. I've played the earlier 2K. I've played, I think I've played 2K9, 2K18 is the one I played. Mm-hmm. I have heard and or seen the horror story of 2K2020 or 2K20, I guess. I think they're all kind of horrific in their own special ways. They're all a little broken, but there is a, uh, there are the McElroy, two of the McElroy brothers that used to work for Polygon, Justin and Griffin. They uh, had this series called Monster Factory, and every time a new wwe game comes out they would do their character creation thing in there and they made one one year um based off of 
it was originally based on the body model of the rock and then they just made it horrific and they named him the pebble and oh my you God. can set your own you can set your own like entry stuff for when you walk in for what it says and they set it to for his name to just be Christopher 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 and then he walks in in complete silence silence there's no music <laughs> So he walks in doing a sexy dance to no music while the, while the announcer says, Christopher, 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 Christopher. And then hangs off the ring like a bat. Oh my yeah. God, that's amazing. Beautiful. Because, and though, that's another thing that like really has to do with how strong these characters are in that like the intros you can pick and stuff are based on like one person's specific brand. Like these actors these characters all have very specific brands very specific moves like they're like as a storytelling piece like their character quote-unquote character designs are phenomenal like oh yeah like down to the gear they wear down to the poses they do Mm -hmm. down to the gimmicks they have for sure i have to watch that video that sounds amazing oh we'll send it to you i think it's actually multiple parts but it's it's so funny. It's uh, no, the pebbles, <laughs> the pebbles only. Uh, the pebble can only be contained in in one episode. Oh, okay. Uh, I remember the new the new one, the two K twenty one, is like three because um it kept crashing and they kept losing their their guy. Yeah. In this one, they made they made definitely not gritty. <laughs> Um, which is funny, but it's also, it's also kind of a testament as much as the games are kind of like weird and broken. The fact that they give you that much like flexibility to kind of create you you want kind of is a testament to what we were talking about, the like inherent creativity of the format and that like it really wrestling and the WWE in particular really does want to build a world and it wants to involve people. And I think it's, I think that's kind of really cool. I think that's really cool. Even if like, I don't know, maybe wrestling hasn't been your thing before. Like, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, and so. there's different there's different kinds of it out there for sure. I know we kind of talked about like the different the different indies, but like at the end of the day, all that wrestling really like people think about like, oh, it means like huge stadiums, it means like entrance music, and then you have a match and that's it. But like as you you know, the for WrestleMania this year there were some cinematic matches that were that were made that were different than anything seen before and that was just a result of necessity given the circumstances but what what do you uh, what do you mean by cinematic matches so as you know with you know the the rona as you were um, the live shows have been canceled so they've been doing all of the shows out of the performance center in Orlando with no crowds which Mm-hmm. You know, you you lose you lose a little bit, and it's a little weird. So for two of the larger larger matches, instead of doing it in the empty arena, shot traditionally in like a sports format, they did them on various locations. They did them cinematically in terms of like having different cuts, different angles, like little mini movies is probably the best way to put it. There was a, um, a yeah, check those out if you haven't had a chance to because they're def- they're definitely different. Um, there was one for Cena versus the Fiends that was really cool. And then the other one was an Undertaker match. Um, okay. and, but, and I cannot believe he is still wrestling. <laughs> I feel like he must be a thousand years old. Who? The Undertaker. Oh, yeah. I I did not. What? Okay, first off, I, th- I thought the Undertaker was a monster truck. But no, that's Gravedigger. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't even know. Anyway, my point with those being, though, like, those were so drastically different than the format that everyone's used to. I mean, but there's at the end of the day, they were wrestling. Um, and they weren't the first matches to be done cinematically by by any, you know, by any regard. Sure. But they were the first ones to be shown in WrestleMania, which is inarguably the larger scale of any promotion. Um, oh, totally. But it just, it just, you know... It makes you think like the various things that could be done with the form. And it sounds like you'd re- you'd really need some well heeled shooters to shoot those properly, which is which is oh good for them. God. I'm sure the I'm sure the NFL has them. NFL, WWE, <laughs> whatever. Wow. NFL, what? We haven't been singing that theme song. I haven't even smoked any pot today. Okay. Uh, it's it's only the early afternoon. Get on that. So now that you're you know a civilian again, uh, do you think you're going to keep watching? I think that 
you know what I'm more excited to do than anything else is uh, hopefully once some of these uh, restrictions loosen up and it's actually safe to have, you know, smaller shows again, like I'm really excited about getting involved in like the LA indie community and like going to some mm-hmm. of those shows because like I said, I wasn't a fan before I started the job. So I never did that. And knowing that LA does have such a vibrant community, like I think that's what I'm most excited about. Like going to some of these live events and, you know, seeing what's up, seeing what's up with some of these other promotions in Los Angeles. So have you, uh, have you been involved with Jacked at all? I have, you know, I haven't. Jacked is something that I've seen. Mm-hmm. I've attended a Jacked. So in that Brandon, way, for people who don't know, what is Jacked? Oh yeah, Jacked Wrestling Comedy is the the PAX uh, comedy wrestling show that I I've never gone to, but I've written their theme song and I've been <laughs> playing music on stage with them during a wrestling match, which was kind of scary. <laughs> No, that was on the. That was. Do you know how many horsemen there are? Four, four horsemen. I don't know. If you ask Alyssa, it could be any number. Fair, but this was also the same show where I was uh, nearly taken out by a wrestling match, and someone was hung on stage right above us. Uh, so that was a wild night. Oh, that was anniversary. That was anniversary. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I, but I did not. Yeah, I I went to I went to a few. I have you know I have a few friends who are involved with it, and that's just a good example of like different things you can do with it. Like I remember seeing in that particular show that I went to a couple of wrestlers that you know were normally you know in in the in the ring more traditional styles, uh, doing some stuff on the stage. I also saw Robert Clark Chan play both wrestlers uh, as he battled himself. Uh, in in a bit that was uh, that's the only way I know how to describe it but it was phenomenal um but yeah yeah I'm looking forward to going to some of those going to some of the other indie promotions and um definitely kind of keeping my 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 eye on some of the stuff that obviously that like uh WWE or Impact or um AEW are doing because it's it's I will say and I've heard this from other people because I've you're not the first to ask me if I'm going to keep watching. And I don't know if I can't, to be honest. I've heard, I've heard really good things about new Japan pro wrestling. I think it's what the league is called. I mean, the Japanese always do it. The most wild style of fair. If you had to, do you, do you have a favorite Andrea? Are you not allowed to pick favorites? Oh, I can't pick favorites. <laughs> Legally. That's fair. Legally, we are not allowed. Just pretend you said Captain Lou Albano. Nobody knows who that is but you, babe. Exactly. He was, among, among other things, he was Mario on the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Deep, that's uh, a deep cut. Not if you're a man in your 40s. Which you're not. I'm not, um, but I have the taste of one. Yeah, that was a weird deep cut, the Brandon Beck story. <laughs> well, before we wrap up, Andrea, is there uh, any other like suggestions or things you'd just like to say to pro, pro, con, wrestling, anything else you'd just like to let people know about it? <laughs> anything that I'd like to pontificate about? I don't Man. know if there's any other reason that, like, you think, like, what what do you think is the best way for someone to get into it when we're allowed to go out in public again? <laughs> yeah. I guess a local match. I go to a, go to a show. And honestly, like, I think it's, if you can't go to a show, which I understand for people who are, you know, not in LA or people across everywhere right now who are quarantined, honestly, I think it's easier to watch a few YouTube clips online first. Uh, before sitting down for like hours worth of programming, um, find like look around, find someone you like, figure out their storyline. Yeah. Uh, like I said, like there's a wide variety of characters, there's a wide variety of storylines, and uh, the reason for that is you know there might just be one for you because the idea is to appeal to different folks from different strokes, baby. Um, yeah. 
And if you did want to get into WWE specifically, their website actually is pretty good documentation. I used to go on there all the time to do my research when I needed info on the superstars, because that's what they're called, y'all. They're called the superstars. They're not called wrestlers. The WWE superstars. Uh, but they actually have a pretty good website with like a good amount of info about the different characters. So like if you wanted to like be that person and do some research and like figure out someone's storyline, it's there. Like they have that. They want you to be into it. As much as like there is, I think, that entry barrier. Like I think as an organization, they do a good job about giving you the information to if you wanted to go out and do the research and get yourself into it and like learn about it, you can. Plus, and every million blogs. Pretty much everyone also has a social media presence outside of just performing on TV. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you can follow storylines, you know, from a TV show off into Twitter, into Instagram, uh, you know, just various things. And that's a really cool, immersive way to get into the world, too. But also, like, if you don't want to do that research, but you have a friend who's into wrestling, I just ask them because I guarantee you they want to talk about it. Uh, I will say... When I started getting into it, when I started working for them, I had people coming out of the woodwork who I would have had no clue were wrestling fans, and they suddenly had all the opinions to share with me. <laughs> Which I, I, I realize that sounds snarky, but I mean that in a very kind way. It was just surprising yeah. to me. Because, like, most people, like, not that you know their whole world, but you're like, oh, yeah, that's my friend John. John, you know, lives in L.A. He likes cats, and he is into, you know, cooking. But you know some basic facts about them but first mm-hmm. i think people i think there are, is a community of people who uh are a little closeted about their love for wrestling yeah. for as how vocal they are in other in other ways could i make two suggestions for things people should check out to get into wrestling about and these, wrestling yeah and the, yeah. these are actually like legitimate suggestions uh yeah. there's an episode of radio lab from a few years ago about the montreal screw job which is this kind of legendary wrestling thing that happened that it is a really good primer on like kind of how wrestling stories work and how they can be affected by like real things. Um, it's re- it's really fascinating. If you just search Radiolab Montreal Screwjob, you should be able to find it. Um, and the and other that's if you're the kind of person who really wants to get into the like depth of lore. If you just want to watch people hit each other, you probably don't need to get into that. <laughs> yeah, and like if if you if you need to hear the dulcet tones of Robert Krolwich, uh explaining something to you, which is sadly a service we can't provide. Um, my other suggestion is there is a Mountain Goats album that came out maybe four or five years ago called "Beat the Champ," and all of the songs are about wrestling in some form. Uh, some of them are about like there's a track about Chavo Guerrero. Uh, there's a track about bull ramos there's it's a it, there's a lot of like deep cut stuff but it, it's a it's a really uh great little set of songs that is about the world of wrestling but not really about wrestling at all and it's it's i couldn't i was not expecting to enjoy it but it's one of the best records he's released in a very long time yeah i know it is actually a really great album uh, I personally am not allowed to get into wrestling yet because I did promise our mutual friend Dom Johnson that the first time I watched wrestling, I would I would get drunk and watch an old uh, SmackDown with him. <laughs> oh, I love that! In a hideout provided by Nathan. But have you watched Glow? No, I haven't. Uh, I was told I'd be really into it. I just haven't. I don't know. Maybe that's what I'll be into next week. Now, maybe I'll watch that. Yeah, it's check it out. I, abundance of time. I was gonna say you got you got the time, and uh, honestly, that's a, that's another interesting way to kind of have an entry point too, because they definitely explain how it works in setting up that show. I think you'd be into it. Does Mark Marin ever get in the ring on that show? Oh, <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think I remember him ever doing a bit. Yeah, he's like their coach or promoter or something. Yeah, I really like him on that show. He did, he's fantastic on that show. Everyone on that show is fantastic. They have a they have a fantastic cast, uh, and they have some actual wrestlers in their cast of wrestlers too. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Um, I did know that. I weirdly like know more about their like actors than I do about the show. <laughs> watch well, it, well, watch it, Beth. All right. Well. Thank you so much for coming on and, and having this philosophical discussion with us about the appeal of wrestling. We appreciate it. <laughs> I had fun. Bert, thanks for uh, KOing the episode for us. Oh, I see what that, you did that there. Was, I, yeah, yeah. Oh. Should have saved that for the end, babe. 
I know. I know. I said it and then realized I should ruined it. Could have been podcast KO'd, but you were. Oh, don't worry. I've I've got my. uh, Don't worry. I've had my sign off locked and loaded for 48 minutes now. Oh, boy. (laughs) I can't wait. If people wanted to find more of your content in the world, if you would like to share anything or plug anything, as much as, you know, we're all kind of living in this space of no shows, how might they do that if you would like to share? Sure. Well, they can find me on Twitter. I'm Andrea underscore ML on Twitter. And uh, that's pretty much a gateway to all of my stuff because I, in the absence of doing anything else right now, I have been putting my life on there. So if you want to, if you want to connect, that's where to do it. All right. Cool. Brandon? Uh, Yeah, I'm at Hell Yes Brandon on all of the stuff. Uh... I've got some stuff on SoundCloud, including a playlist of theme songs and things that I've made for places like Jacked uh, Wrestling Comedy and the Happy Sappy Grown Up Hour and all of these other things, which you could also use to listen to and then hire me to write music for your show or a sketch or whatever. Um, uh, we've got some Inkblot shows up on YouTube that I think are pretty fun. They're a, a, a good example of our, you know, fighting for attention live show. Um... I've got a track on Joey Cliff's uh, Our 50 States project on the Texas album with my buddy Will Morgan called Deep in the Fart of Texas that is profoundly stupid. Um, and uh, my turnips today are 197. I think that's all I have. Uh, Beth, what about oh, you? Oh, that's pretty good. That's not too shabby. Oh, I, I've, been f- I've been tracking them on the, the Nook tracker. My turnips are going to pop off tomorrow morning. Oh, you better post that Dodo code. Oh I yeah, hit, hit hit me up, uh, and I I will def I would defo, defo get you a dodo. Yes. All right. Uh, you can find me everywhere at uh, B scores exactly how it sounds like it's spelled the the insect and scores like you scored a goal with an underscore after that. Uh, but the easiest way you can find me is just follow the hashtag IntuitPod on Instagram because I post all of those. And you can also follow the show on Twitter at IntuitPod. And you can find us on Facebook at I Think You'd Be Into It um, if you want to make sure you don't miss an episode. I mean, you could just subscribe on your favorite platform. But if not, you can follow us on social media where I make sure all of the episodes get put out there. Uh, thank you, as always, to Kaylin West and Tiny Stills for the use of our theme song. Starting over is a lot like giving up. Off the album, falling is like flying. Uh, and that is all I got. Go ahead, Brandon. Tell me. Give me give me this good bit. Let me see. Well, all that being said, podcast, podcast, yeah, podcast, that's what I podcast that's what I thought over. It's I think you'd be into the podcast about your problematic face. I thought this was going. I'm so sorry, everyone. <laughs> Over. In the eye.